Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. Well, look at that. Ha <laughs> ha. Do you think the ringer are going to fire us after that draw? Ha <laughs> ha ha. Hello, welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer at Sea. I'm Misak Wonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am good, thanks, man. You forgot to mention it was a bonus study podcast. It's a bonus study podcast. Yes, it is. Um, yes. How are you? I'm very well indeed. You're wearing a different role next today. I am. Old Musa Two Wardrobes Wonga. Listen, it's roll next season. Only thing is, it's return to winter. So, <laughs> well, sometimes it roll next in April. That is wild. The fact that it is snowing. Can I say this? I was saying to um someone today, I was just saying like, isn't it funny how the climate jokes have stopped? Like before I was like, ha, 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 climate change. <laughs> no one is doing that now. Like people are like, actually, yeah, this is real. Maybe we should take it this seriously. There's a lot of, uh, are we the bad guys energy going around? Very world? much, very much. Ah. Anyway, I hope everyone's staying safe and well. Exactly. We only spoke to you yesterday. We did, we we're did. back again. Listen, mm. a week without us and then we are back two in two days. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, people need a holiday after the holiday. Yes. People are like, oh God, they're already back. Two, two and two days. Please, please God, no. This is the podcast they definitely didn't ask for, but they got it. No anyway. one asked for this. No one asked for this. Yes. Yeah, tough luck. You'll find it on the feed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick bit of admin. Ring Ref One show is up now. I think it's on Spotify and Apple and uh, maybe wherever you get your podcasts. It was really good fun. I was on with Kevin Clark and Megan Schuster and Erica Cervantes and we did a little mock draft. Car, drivers, team principal, wild card. I don't think I won, but I think I did all right. It was very fun. Go and find that now if you like your F1 stuff. I'm going to swear the rest of the app in because it's a bonus podcast. All right, so today we're going to do the World Cup draw reaction. Then we're going to get into the rest of the Women's Champions League games from Thursday night. So let's get into it after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, man. So. <laughs> so. Good news for Ringer FC, I think, this World Absolutely. Cup draw. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Ringer derby. Oh my God, we're so getting fired. The narrative. 
We're England so drawn fired. to play against the United States at the World Cup. Uh, wow. Okay, so if you missed it, the draw for the 2022 Men's World Cup in Qatar was just made. It was indeed. Let's recap very quickly. Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, the Netherlands, Senegal. Group B, England, Iran, the USA, and one of Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Group D, France, and one of the United Arab Emirates, Australia, or Peru. Denmark and Tunisia. Group E, Spain, Costa Rica, or New Zealand. Germany and Japan. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Brazil almost had the same group that they had in 2018. Same with France. Same, same with France. France. Group yeah, D. of course, yeah. Wild. Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Where would you like to begin, Musa? Wow. Um, wow, wow. Well, the obvious beginning is Group B. But yeah. with England, England, Iran, United States, and one of Ukraine, Scotland, Wales. But I would actually like to begin with Group E for the football. Spain. Oh, sorry. I yeah. was 100% convinced you were going to go for the food. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Group H. Can That's I just say, group look, H. Group of food and vibes. Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea, Korea Republic. That is undefeated. That yeah, is I mean, undefeated. That's, that's, that is, that's, a group, ah, that's a good food group. That's the group of food. And then we had to get into that. But I want to go with Group E to start with just because of the football, Ryan. Mm. Um, we'll get the other stuff later. But for the football alone, Spain, one of Costa Rica or New Zealand, then Germany and Japan. That's a serious group. Yeah, that's a very serious group. I mean, I would expect Costa Rica to come through that playoff against New Zealand. Mm. And I would expect them to provide a bit of a problem in that group, actually. That's right, because those, that's the thing. They're, Costa Rica, the way they closed that, there's an element of this team should have gone through automatically, I think. I mm-hmm. think gone, so then you have Spain and Germany, Spain are powering up, Ansu Fati may be back by then, hopefully injury holding up. Germany are showing signs of something quite exciting. Mm. And Japan are just a matchup for anybody. That is a, the football in that group will be extremely interesting, I think. We're looking at quality there, but also like, potential upsets. I think there are a few potential upsets in a number of the groups, to be honest. I don't think... Yeah, let's jump somewhere else. Let's jump around. Yeah, jump around. Jump around? (laughs) Jump up, jump up and get down. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Have have we talked about the jump around game? (laughs) Have we talked about that? We haven't. We have not. We have not. If you're anywhere and you hear House of Pain jump around, just fix your eyes on any one person in that room and see how far past the first two lines they know. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Never fails. Never fails. <laughs> Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, the Netherlands and Senegal. I think Ecuador might be a little bit tricky for people, but I can't look past the Netherlands and Senegal for that group. Right, right. This is the thing. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how deep Ghana and Senegal go, providing they get out of the group. I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Ghana to get out of Group H. But Senegal, 
are they're the def- least chaotic team in that group A. Oh, yeah, like that's a like Netherlands were very chaotic. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, love I mean, the Netherlands, but they were listen, very chaotic. You could have the Euros. you could have you could have the nineteen seventy four Dutch side managed by Louis Van Gaal, and it would still be extremely chaotic. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were chaotic. Yeah, I think Netherlands and Senegal from that group. I think so. Yes, I want to save Group B for last. Yes, yes, let's save it for last for so many reasons. For so many reasons, let's go Group C: Argentina, yes. Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Now, this is an intriguing one because, bear in mind, I should probably just add a little disclaimer: we are literally recording this moments after the draw is finished. Mm. My first reaction from this was, it would not surprise me if Argentina didn't automatically qualify from this group. Wow. You know, you know, it's funny about this because I don't know how good Argentina actually are. This is the thing. I don't know how good they actually are. They could be, because they always get quite spiky World Cup groups, actually. Spiky, spiky groups. But then it's, the thing is, because they've got players in transition, that the supporting cast of Argentina players who are stepping up to take over the mantle from Messi are still evolving. So, you know, a few months from now, they could have, like, you know, Alvarez coming in, Rodrigo de Paul, more of a leadership role. Messi, obviously, is not what Messi was. Messi, as the playmaker for this team around him, this is what Messi is almost entering, like, Maradona World Cup 94 energy, right? Like, a couple of years past peak. But hopefully, for well, the no, legal. Okay, well, no, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? A couple of years, uh, elder, elder, elder statesman, a yeah. couple of years past peak supreme playmaker, team orbiting around him with a bit of speed. It's kind of interesting, Argentina. This is the, the re- I should probably add a little bit of yeah. context as to why I think that. Mm. I'm not saying that I think Argentina will finish like third in the group, for example. No, no, no. no. But probably Messi's last World Cup. Mm. They got the Copa done. Yes. The Copa America. I could either see Argentina going all the way to like the semi-finals and doing mm. an, a, a mega run yeah, a Cinderella run, yeah. Yeah. Or I could see it being spectacular failure because of that pressure. I still think, do you know what it is? I still think that they they are solid and they have other assets. Like if Messi doesn't play for Argentina, they've got excellent attackers. Yeah. Excellent attackers. Atar Martinez has gone to a level that I was worried he might not get to. He's gone to it, right? Um, Dybala's still in the mix. And this is the thing as well. These players now, like they're liberated. They've won the Copa. That was yeah. huge, right? They've yeah. done that. And that was a big thing. They've done that now. This is a free hit. Also, it's in Qatar, right? It's, it's out of, we've seen this with Brazil as well. When clubs are far outside the context, they do a lot better. That's a, when that's you're a really far, good point, yeah. does that make sense? So when you're playing, you can just like focus on the group. Also, this being Messi's last hurrah, there's an energy, the last dance almost, there's an energy, there's an element of like how much of himself is Messi saving for this? How mm-hmm. much is he playing within himself? Maybe not consciously, but this is arguably, since 2006, this is arguably the best outfit Messi's been equipped with. Yeah, I agree. You know, and he was actually, he was, he was brilliant for a couple of World Cups that went under the radar. I think he was very good. Um, 06, he was unlucky, got tramped to the bench, but um, for the pivotal game, but Messi, I think, this is the best supporting cast he's had in a while. For sure. And, and that's not, not and just in terms does of... That, yeah, does that make yeah. sense? It's a bit of a kind of like paradoxical yeah. argument in the sense that like, I, I know think what you they're mean, the though. best equipped for a long, long time. Mm. But that, 
that instantly makes me just think, if you look at some of the aspects of Lionel Messi's career, mm. there has been quite an element of tragedy to it on a lot of big stages for someone yes. so great. Mm. And I just have a real fear from an Argentina point of view that this could be a potential upset. I don't really think it will be. Yeah. I like, you know, I think about this is the most, this is like the most Atleti Argentina I've seen in ages. And I think that's how they're going to play it. Mm. They're going to have goals in them, but they're not going to like be big goal scorers. They're going to be like one nil, two one, shut up shop. Mm. And that's going to be brutal because they get out of the group stage like expect them to, they're going to build momentum. And Argentina with momentum in a World Cup, they're no longer relying on Di Maria's hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. That is big for them. Yeah, that's, that's I think that's the, the, the really good sense. point is the reliance on some of the the previous mm. supporting cast has kind of been gone. And yeah. yeah. That's the best midfield they've had in a long time. Yeah. Papu Gomez, Lo Celso, De Paul, like those are serious footballers. Oh, I, think so, yeah, I've talk, I think I've already talked myself out of my potential. No, but you had, you had to go through this. Top, you had, but it, that's the beauty of this draw, the, right? It's all about the, you know, trust the process. Trust no, the, but the beauty of this. Trust <laughs> <laughs> <just, just>, <laughs> no, the process of my decision making. Can I just say that this is the beauty of discussing World Cup draws because as you discuss it and it goes on, you start thinking about the permutations, right? Because yeah. the World Cup is all about matchups, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about. So yeah, we've yeah. seen, how many times have we seen one of the strongest teams in, in the tournament, potentially on paper, mm. just go out in the group, in a group that you're like, wow, okay, that probably should not have happened. Right. Who's going to get caught slipping, basically? Yeah. There's this always the one. There's always one. Bingo. Every Bingo. single tournament. And looking through it, my eyes were just drawn to that as like, I could see potentially that. Put it this way. Mascherano wishes he had this team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If he saw oh this god. team, he'd be like, oh my god, I'd, I'd have, yeah. Also, imagine Mascherano in that team. Oh, terrifying. Oh. Uh, group D, I think it's, well, I think a lot depends here on who comes through out of those uh, intercontinental playoffs. Right, right. If Peru land in that group, it's a very different dynamic than if the UAE or Australia get through in that group. There's not, there's not a lot of goals coming out of that group. You know, you know what France are like? France will stay within themselves. We know what France will do now. We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think France will cruise through top and I think Denmark will probably edge it. Mm. I mean, there is such a long way to go. I think this is the weird, mm. the, the weird thing as well. So much of this now is depending on full fitness of squads and key players. What happens if Denmark get two or three injuries going into the tournament? Because remember, most of these players are going to be heading into a brief break domestically mm. in the winter it's kind of an unknown we don't really know how this is going to play out from a fitness and conditioning point of view could be better could be worse yeah Tunisia decent speed and attack as well so there's yeah. a lot of and there's um, teams exactly that's, that's, that's the thing this, at this stage obviously it's a World Cups so there's always um, going to be those challenges but I just think this is this group is, is potentially fraught I mean France need to start well basically I think um, mm. There's this, this group has an element of like 2002 World Cup about it, whereas if you start slow, then you're in trouble. Let's, for argument's sake, say like France begin with a draw. Mm. A frustrating draw. This is, this, is, this is a group where France could end up with frustrating draws. Yeah. Like, this is very plausibly, look, we saw, we saw what happened. We're so like, sitting on the fence here. Everyone's going to be listening have, to this being like, lads. Oh, Give us a hot take. This is so on brand. This is so safe. I automatically climb down from, from my Argentina take. 
No, let me call. Let me call it then. Group F. Let's get a hot take. Come on, let me throw a hot take. You going Group F? Croatia aren't coming out of Group F. <laughs> Listen. Do you know what? Though? Give, I'm not mad at that. Take. Though. Give them a hot take. That Group F is Group F is slyly. That is the Scorpion Group, right? It's not the Group of Death, but it's a Scorpion Group because it is slyly the most brutal. Scorpion Belgium, and the sock Can- Group. Yeah, Bel- mm. Scorpion and the sock. Belgium, Canada, Morocco, oh God, Croatia. That's, a, that's an old school. Morocco, Morocco have the vibes there. Mm. The team, Morocco, they haven't peaked yet. You know, like it's all about teams in transition and peaks and evolution. Morocco haven't peaked yet, right? You saw where they qualified. Um, Hakimi obviously is the, is the standout name, but they've got some serious attackers there. Croatia, um, obviously very strong team, but there's maybe a slight aging issue there, right? Yeah. How many, like what, how many more miles in the tank? Does that, and they've got Brozovic in midfield, who's superb. Modric obviously can do a turn. Um, they've got, you know, serious, serious footballs there, but Croatia need to start well. Like that group, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, they're all legit teams. They're all legit. That's a tough group, man. Does that mean, that's, that's a, and the football we could see there. They're all good footballing sides. Yeah, and also with Canada, I think the, the feel-good factor of them qualifying to the World Cup for the first time in, what, 36 years, that young core that they have, Mm. I think the pressure is really going to be off. I think there's a really interesting, interesting kind of contrast between maybe the US approach for this tournament and the Canadian approach, because I do think the Canadian side of it, without being patronising, but it's just like, they know that this, this team has another couple of cycles in it, potentially. Yes. But also, so does the US, but I just feel that there's probably more pressure on the US to perform Oh yeah, instantly. So I, I, could, I could see Canada just like coming alive. There is always a team in a tournament that almost becomes the neutral's darling. Mm. And I think Canada have a potential to be that in this. I think that's right. And that's something else I want to throw out Canada as well. It's, it's a free hit for them because mm. they know they've qualified for the next World Cup because they're hosting it. They can plan. They basically make an eight-year plan now. Like in terms of building the game, in terms of building the game in... Canada, which is the ultimate goal for what they're doing right now, is like, well, or, or going, let's okay, even aim, aim for, quietly aim for, let's see if we can get past the second round. That should be the, that should be the quiet, undeclared aim, because you don't say them publicly, you, you know, everyone comes for you, but Canada should aim, let's get past the second round mm. as, a, as a goal. Like, that's our World Cup, because beyond that, of course, it's brutal, but then only because... This, is, this, this World Cup for Canada is about creating memories and stories that will resonate. Yeah. This is a huge, this is what, the first World Cup they've qualified for since 86. Mm-hmm. Supremely skilled players in that team. Like we said, two of the most fun left backs of the entire tournament um, they've got in the squad. So go there, like compete and go after them. Like yeah. don't, and, and, and go with disrespect. And actually from a tactical point of view, I remember in the Euros last year, we were saying that Belgium were almost like two elite fullbacks away from being an absolutely mega team mm, yeah that's where Canada will hit them do you know what that's exactly this is again we talk about the World Cup in matchups like yeah go out the guts like certain certain players um, so for example Croatia might have an issue with with the ageing they might have that might yeah. be a challenge for them um, so go at that midfield like if if, uh, if, if Croatia yeah. step out to Canada Canada can have the potential to torch them on the break right and the same for Morocco Morocco have that yeah. same thing Morocco and Canada on, on the right days could conceivably take almost anyone at this tournament mm. because they have the dexterity, they have the counter-attacking now. Like they, they're smart. They can, they can sit deep. They can, they can soak up pressure. For sure. Um, really excited for them. Group G, Brazil. 
currently the best ranked side in the world. I love this group for several reasons. Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. That, yeah, that is the one. Serbia, <laughs> Switzerland. Switzerland. Rematch. Oh my goodness. Oof, that went off last time. Mm-hmm. So um, Serbia, Switzerland is just, you know, in its own category in terms of, uh, you know, politically contentious as a fixture. But the thing about Brazil is this is very much a, um, Brazil often end up with this kind of group. And I call it like the bloody nose group where they should get through. They should get through, but they'll get through and they'll be battle tested as a result of it. And I think that's essential for them because I kind of feel like Brazil, certainly good enough to win. And again, we've seen Brazil away from home. Look how fast they bounced back from World Cup 2014 in Russia. They were a legit team in 2018. Mm. They're going to come back strong. They have to work out funnily enough. I think weirdly enough, the decision for them is who they play through because Neymar's going to be there but we need to see the Brazil Neymar of 2014. That's the challenge. If Neymar comes alive, as he should, and frankly, this is what he really has to play for at this point because his PSG career in Europe's going sideways. It depends what Neymar we get at this World Cup. If we get the Brazil, he's not as quick as 2014. If we get the Brazil 2014 Neymar playing a mix of, a perfect mix of hero ball, but also deferring to his teammates, if we get that Neymar, this Brazil team is a threat for anybody. And they're going to go deep, I think. My hot take for Brazil is if Gabriel Martinelli goes, mm. which I think he probably will, if he starts, I think he could be the breakout star of that tournament. Very fair. Love that shout. Genuinely. I love that. No, I agree. I agree because he has a supporting cast. So he'll be able to just do his thing. And he's a, he loves the bright lights. We saw it against Liverpool, you know, in the Arsenal-Liverpool game, even though Arsenal lost the game. He, you know, he's, like I said, man, he's a gallivanter and mm, World Cups are made shot. for gallivanting players. I love that shot, Ryan. I think that's a really strong one. I think, um, my goodness, you consider if, if Algeria had qualified, they'd have been that group. Oh that would have been horrible. That would have been brutal. <laughs> like, now, is it possible to get sent off in every single group game? Because Jack would have absolutely been sent <laughs> off. <in every>, exactly. <laughs> he still might. Uh, are we calling that group? Uh, I think that's. I think that's Brazil. You know, and Switzerland second. Yeah, I agree. I think. So. I think Switzerland yeah. second. Such a strong team, Switzerland. Group H: Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Wow. I fear a little bit for Ghana in this group. I don't, I don't want to, but I do. Do you know my, what I fear for? I don't know where the goals are coming from. Thomas Partey. He's I not international duty. Yeah. He's a coffee <laughs> sheet. I just don't, I, I'm, I'm concerned, well, I'm concerned about the firepower for them, I must say. But I mean, Portugal stumbled into the World Cup. Mm, they did, they did. And also... What is Cristiano Ronaldo going to look like in another eight months' time? Ah, this is the hard question for them. Where he ends up playing football next season... Because it's, by all accounts, it's not 100% guaranteed that he'll still be a Manchester United player. Mm. That could have a huge sway on the World Cup. He has to. Do you know, the, I mean, he's going to go. Isn't, there's no yeah. way in a million years he's not going to go, bar injury. But he also probably has to start. Yeah. You can't, I mean, this you is can't not. You imagine, cannot not. Can you, you imagine? Not, you wouldn't hear the end of it. The reason why Cristiano Ronaldo has to start is because, frankly, because if they get knocked out of the World Cup of the group stages and he doesn't start, mm. that country is not big enough to return to for the coach who makes that decision. It's just not, it's not going to work. So Ronaldo has to start just because that's going to be a problem, I think, later on in the tournament, but I think they've got enough tools to get through this group. They've got the goals. I mean, they, they've got more goal-scoring midfielders than maybe any other team in this tournament, mm. Portugal. It's them in you know, Uruguay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. All right, then. 
Let's do Group B before we move on to the Women's Champions League. Uh, before we do, actually, we posted a tweet just before we started recording saying, recording a bonus pod should be up in a couple of hours. Shouts to Adam5727. He said, I love you guys, but please don't let it be as long as that draw. <laughs> Patrick Corcoran said, it will probably still feel quicker than the build-up to the drawing portion of the World Cup draw. <laughs> that is, I, I was very glad that I didn't see any of that because by all, all accounts, it was very propagandary. And actually, I want to make a note of how we are not going to talk about that stuff today. Mm. Because I feel like it deserves a wider conversation. We've already had it in parts, in numerous parts, with the stuff around the World Cup. And I think there will be plenty of opportunities for us to talk about that in more depth. Yes, absolutely. And we absolutely fucking will. Don't worry about it. Can I say that as well? Um, it was just interesting to see one individual in particular talking about, oh, the great country, the great people. And he said it in a way that was like, because, you know, all countries, you praise all countries and all cultures, you know, we know that. But what I will say is, the way that the individual in question, the way that Tim Cahill said it, was like, it was almost like a preemptive. I mean, it's not like it's kind of in his job description or anything. But yeah, that, it I was mean, just uh, a setting. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. It was just a bit, I, I, I heard that and thought, mm, that's a bit dissonant. I will say my favourite part of the um, draw, my absolute favourite part. Was the end. No, no, it wasn't. It was the countdown music as they were desperately trying to open up the balls and get the paper out before the music stopped. <laughs> and you saw it was visibly stressful. Yeah, I didn't even see the actual live draw. I was following it via something else. I so. was crying with laughter because Jermaine Genius even said at one point, oh, it's getting quicker now, as in they're getting the balls that quicker. And just when he said that, <laughs> I think it was, it was um, Melatinovic right, struggling to get the ball out in time. And I was like, the, the, the name out, and I was like, this is hilarious. This is slapstick. Before we move on, let's finish up on Group B. Mm. Names the geopolitical group? Yes, the group of geopolitics, yeah. So we have England, Iran, the United States, and any one of Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales. I mean, oof. So um, I think Nick Harris posted this, actually. He made a good point. It's like, that's actually the hardest group in terms of the world rankings. Mm. Like, there is some serious football in that group. And this is, you know, there will not be many goals in that. Not, not just because of the way, of the quality of the teams, but also the way those teams set up. These are fundamentally, you know, and I say I include England in this, these are sort of quite, quite sort of reactive teams, um, low risk. You know, England, we saw that, you know, double, mid, double defence midfield pivot. Mm-hmm. That is not going to be a, um, a thrilling set of fixtures. I almost no, get I the energy. It like, almost, it feels very much like England World Cup 2010. Obviously, England are better now than they were then. But Gareth Southgate is going to look at that and be like, I'll take 1-0, 1-0 and 0-0 out of that. Yeah, the, the, Gareth Southgate is 100% going to play four right backs in one of these games. Oh, without question. That, and that and is like, England yeah, will win yeah. the game 1-0. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a tough group. It is a tough group, but I think England are the best equipped. And Gareth Southgate has shown basically no fucks as to what mm. anyone thinks about his selections through the group stage. None. And it's all about progress. And he proved everyone wrong at the Euros and England got to the final. The side mm. they lost to aren't there this time around. Which is wild. Granted, there are some other very, 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 very good football teams there. However, there is not going to be a single easy game in this group. And that, I would include that, that also applies to whoever comes, comes through out of, that playoff. of the playoffs. Oh, yes. Obviously, we don't, yeah. we don't know whether Ukraine will be able to bust it participate at all mm. we just don't know yeah if scotland or wales progress england haven't done particularly well against either of those sides over the last couple of years 
there's so much like surrounding context, like historical needle, like, you know, cultural, there's so much going on in each of these games that it's really going to be about just this. Actually the blueprint for this game is actually England, Germany. Yeah. I think, yeah. The blueprint is England, Germany, just taking this thing out of it. And that's just is why actually being someone like Qatar, is just going to be quite beneficial to England. Absorb, absorb, absorb pressure, make a big change. 10 minutes after half time, increase intensity and then like do them. Don't fly out the traps at them. Don't fly out the traps and try and get overzealous and, and hit them with the early goal, like Mourinho style. Like, don't hit them with the early pressure because then that creates your own issues. Also, it's, you know, weather to manage as well. I think Gareth Southgate looks at this group and is like, oh, that's a tough draw, but also I love it because by the time they, they should emerge into the second round, they should. And if they do go into the second round, they'll do so with absolutely no naivety. The thing about England as well, I have to say, in terms of the quality of the squad, just the depth of experience there now, like, you know, the last World Cup went to the semis, finals of the Euros. They are a form team at this point. We yeah. have to say they're a form team. We have to talk about the USA though. We do absolutely, I was going to get onto that. Because we're on the ringer, dude. The USA, I would say this. Um, Currently ranked 15 in the world. Mm, and I think the youth is an issue. The youth of the squad, I think unfair pressure might come on them because of the talent, but the talent hasn't had enough time to fully bed in. We haven't seen that chemistry fully develop. So the players on paper are excellent. I, I know this is a completely vain hope, but I'd almost say, like, not temper your expectations because the World Cups you want to dream. You want to dream, of course, but like, maybe don't, just don't apply undue pressure. I mean, I wouldn't, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be still, surprised still to see them get out. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get out. And they should get out. They have the talent to get out. Absolutely. It's a question of the chemistry. And the match control. That's the thing. Put it this way. I think with the US, mm. their attacking threats, what, Christian Pulisic is the captain. He plays regularly against Premier League defences. England had one of the best defences in the Euros. And it's all going to be come down to like who, who can really score against that defensive unit. Because they have really proved themselves yeah. yeah. against some very, very good attacking sides. I do think England will probably come top in that group. However, I don't think it's going to be plain sailing. I think it's going to be really, really, really difficult. And whoever comes out of that group is going to absolutely deserve it because it's going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll save all the lols and the memes for nearer the time. We will. We when will. We get save absolutely, them. absolutely cooked by the Ringer US audience. Oh my <laughs> God, we're going to get, they're going to hate us so bad. Yeah, they are. I think we gave a fair estimation there. I think that's fair. I'm happy you think, with that. Are you happy with that? Yeah. I'm very happy all with right. that. Okay. Yeah. Well, in that and case, listen, if they're not, if they're not happy with that, they can't find me. No one knows where I am. Yeah, so again, it's Al Gonga on Twitter. Everyone go find him. Go find him and <laughs> no. tell him your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break and then come back with the Women's Champions League. Let's do it. All right, man, where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin in Germany or do you want to begin in France? Let's begin in Germany. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Wolfsburg 2, Arsenal 0. Wolfsburg going through 3-1 on aggregate. Wolfsburg, incidentally, making their 79th appearance in the, in the Champions League, which is a record for a German club. And looking in their own way formidable. This isn't the swaggering Wolfsburg of old, but this is dangerous. And actually, this was a conversation that we had maybe a season and a half ago about the turning point for Wolfsburg, losing Penilla Harda and how they'd rebuild how they'd remain, you know, one of, the, one of the main three or four clubs in Europe. The way they've adapted, i got to say, I'm really impressed. They've now knocked out, what, Arsenal and Chelsea, and they've looked good value for it. They've been smarter in both ties. 
Smarter is the word. Isn't that it? Isn't Smarter it? is absolutely the word. So I was at the the first leg of the Emirates. Mm. And Wolfsburg were just super patient. Mm. They let Arsenal have the ball. They didn't really press them. And then they really started to push Arsenal once they broke. So basically, uh, Wolfsburg would break. And then all of a sudden, there were a load of Wolfsburg players in the opposition, opposition half and they were pushing for second balls. And they were so confident and comfortable in their game plan. It was a complete contrast to Arsenal, mm. who I think over the two legs, I think Jonas will be very disappointed. Because I, there's, a, there's a bit of a problem with Arsenal. I don't want to start off on a negative thing with, with Arsenal, but I, I still think, even though they went out, I still think Arsenal had the players to progress through that tie. They did. But and Wolfsburg sorry, had the... Yeah, go on, Karen, Karen, Karen. Yeah, but Wolfsburg had the Naus, basically. And Arsenal have this seemingly repetitive problem where against really good sides, their composure in the final third just seems to evaporate. Mm. It's really bizarre. In the first leg, too many passes were hit too early, almost too panicky. Same thing happened when we went to the Barcelona game. That Against Barcelona, you can kind of understand, but it was, I think we said after that game that it was, a lot of it seemed mental, almost like, as soon as you get the ball, you don't know how long before it is before you're going to have it again. So mm. it's almost like you can't concentrate. You, you're almost trying too hard to make something happen too soon because you don't know when you're going to get the ball back. With Wolfsburg, it's a different thing, but Arsenal were, were really, in the first leg, for example, kind of spraying balls out of play or to opposition players that weren't necessarily needed to be played. It kept kind of stunting Arsenal's momentum. And I think a similar thing happened here, but less so because of what Arsenal were doing and a little bit more because of Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, were, I think, were way more proactive in the first half of this second leg mm, than yes, they were. Yes, especially away. in the first like, sort of 20 minutes. Yeah, that early pressure. Not get out of their own half. No. And that's the thing they've changed. Wolfsburg is interesting because I said this before, but it's really interesting to tie back Wolfsburg's season to that win over Chelsea in the group stages. Mm. That comeback, like the self-inflicted problems through Chelsea, but then Wolfsburg really coming back because ever since then, they've done this interesting thing where, I mean, this is the, first of all, they're playing an old school 4-4-2, which is quite funny to me. Like, it's funny that like a team playing an old school 4-4-2 beats um, an English team playing like a sophisticated system. But the thing about, Wolfsburg that's so impressive is the matchups. Um, so they had Svenja Hoot, who's been a brilliant player for really you know, an extended run of form. She's been brilliant, especially with the rebuilding up against Catley. That was a bad mismatch. Mm. Then you had this conventional 4-4-2, I say this, but then you had Jan Stottir pulling wide to expose in wide areas. And we've seen like time and again, Women's Champions League, the danger is the wide forwards. And Jan Stottir basically like was just... The speed, the touch on that flank is just, you have to double up against someone like that. You have to mm. double up, especially as the game goes on. And, and she provided the decisive moment, the own goal by Leah Williamson. But prior to that, prior to that, I want to say this about the rebuild for Wolfsburg. Lone Oberdorf has had to carry a bit of weight when Alex Pop's been out. Um, and she's really handled that really well. Her and, and Wasmuth are kind of like the next, next generation of, of Wolfsburg stars, but the way that, you know, Pop came on at half time and helped solidify the midfield. Alex Pop coming on at half time. That's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that Pop's returned from injury and that makes them yeah. a different quantity. 
mm. a different a different um because now you have a semi final and Barcelona are going to be well advised to be concerned about that because Wolfsburg have the tools to hurt them. They have the tools to take a lead and then shut that thing down. You look at like Real Madrid, for example, in that playbook. Wolfsburg are like an advanced version of that where they can take that and like just shut that thing. If, if they go a goal up early, you put money on them to like counterpunch and do something dangerous. So I think Barcelona will look at that. They'd rather, Barcelona would rather have got Arsenal. They would oh, rather yeah, have got oh, Arsenal without yeah. question because, because also there's the way they set, the way they set up is you kind of know slightly more what you're getting, I think, with Arsenal. Um, yeah. Wolfsburg have tactical flexibility, basically. And that's interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but Arsenal should. If you look at the personnel there, Arsenal should. Yeah. I think Arsenal are, uh, over these two legs have actually massively underperformed mm, compared yeah. to their ability. Very fair, yeah. Um, Jill Rod took the lead for Wolfsburg, scoring against her old club. Um, just a kind of flick in the box. Nice close range finish, yeah. Celebrated as well, which, I mean, was it hurt, I'm not going to lie. Without restraint. There was yeah. no muted celebration there, was there? That was interesting. No, no, not no, at all. no, no. But nor should they be. Players don't owe fans of former clubs anything. That's the thing. It wasn't muted, but it wasn't vindictive. No, no, it was just, yeah, it was it just, was just like, more joyful. It was just joy, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing as well, like, you've scored a decisive goal in a Champions mm. League quarterfinal. How can you not, how can you mute that? Let's see, come on. Tabia Vasmut had the ball in the net not long after, given offside. Yeah, it was offside. But Arsenal yeah. really, really struggled in that first half. Yeah. Second half, they were better. They seemed to press Wolfsburg higher up, seemed to mo- collectively move another 20 yards up the pitch mm. and were much, much better, but just couldn't really, again, find that decisive action in the final third. There were a couple of chances. There was the, well, it was, it was right after the second goal, the, the Leah Williamson own goal, mm. which went through Zinsberger's legs. Arsenal hit the bar from a header, Miedemar from a corner. And Great save by Schult, yeah. It was, and, well, no, it was the rebound, wasn't it? The Leah Williamson yeah, rebound yeah, yeah. header, Schult pushed onto the post. That was Arsenal's chance. But they did have a couple of chances in that second half. They created a little bit more. It again, just like I said, that, that decisiveness was just not there. And it was kind of, it was kind of like that in the first leg. I, I, I said after that first leg, just anecdotally, I'm not sure if the statistics back this up. Obviously it's hard to measure this statistically, but there seems to be sometimes with Arsenal in big games, a bit of a lack of intensity. You know how you see really like Barca turn the screw? Yes, yes. Some of Arsenal's play in big games that I've seen this season has been a little bit lax, apart from maybe like the Chelsea game in the Mm. the beginning of the season. Do you know what's funny? If you interest, it's funny to say lack of intensity. If you look at a team that's trying to force the agenda, um, as Arsenal should have at a certain point. So you compare, we'll get onto this in a moment, but what Leon did, Mm. and you look at intensity there, and how quickly the first and second passes in the in the in the movement are forced. Mm. Like they're hammering the ball into gaps. And there is sometimes an element with Arsenal of like it's almost like the windscreen wiper effect where the ball's kind of going from left to right across the field, but no one's penetrating, no one's cutting. We we saw that actually, to be honest, we saw that with um I mean PSG were guilty of that against Bayern. The failure to be incisive, the failure to search forward. Um I wonder if the loss of someone like Van der Donk has been a factor there or or, or not necessarily at the loss of, but in terms of that type of late run, 
that type of front foot. I wonder if that's an issue. To an extent. I also think it is worth pointing out, though, that Joe Montemurra and Jonas Edeval are two extremely different coaches. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think this season there were always going to be some kind of like growing pains yes, within okay. that. Yeah. Because I think certain players who absolutely suited Montemurra's way of playing mm. just don't suit Edeval's way of playing. Mm. And I think that you're seeing that occasionally, like some really technically gifted players who came in in the summer, someone like Mana Iwabuchi, for example, can't really get a look in and you're kind of thinking, why, why not? In, in games where you need someone to just uh, create that little bit out of nothing. You need some disc disruption. Yeah, Arsenal are not disruptive enough. Yeah, but then you see the signings who came in in January, like people like Black Stenius, who are more, a little bit more direct. Mm a little bit more physicality mm. and you can see the way that Jonas is trying to move them, I think, compared to how Montemurro had them playing. It's almost caught between two teams at the moment. Two, two but then on the other yeah. side, we'll talk about them in a little bit, the job that Montemurro's done at Juve and the way that they're progressing under him has been super interesting. Mm. So I think, you know, I think Miedemar is probably on the way out and I, I think as sad as it would be, I think going forward, again, this could be one of those cases of a very good player leaving maybe isn't the worst thing for the club because I think also in big games this season she's been she's been a bit disappointing if I'm being honest I don't like to be like too critical because the amount of amazing things she's done we all know that she's an unbelievable footballer mm. the amount of goals she's scored proves that mm. especially at such a young age still but there have been a few times this season that you've really expected more from her in certain games. And I, I don't know whether maybe the switch in position since, since the turn of the year is something to do with that, playing a little bit deeper. It's not necessarily that you want her to, you're expecting her to score as many goals as you were when she was playing in a, as an out-and-out out nine, but I just think her all-round play in certain big games this season has been a little bit underwhelming. I must say, I don't like the deep-lying role. I know that she can pass beautifully, like I know that, but that... It'd be like putting Harry Kane deeper like that. Like you ultimately need someone to lead the line and then come deep as opposed it's to... like someone like, yeah, you can do it, but yes. should they do it? Thank like, you. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, you, like it's an yeah. easy thing to make, and, but like it, it's like the difference between playing Burkamp as a second striker and playing Ber Dennis Burkamp as like a number eight. Yes, I mean, it's... Exactly. not an eight, yeah. but she's not been playing in that position, but... You know, I think you it's need just, to be on the shoulders. It's almost a little bit yeah. too deep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, it is also worth noting that a few players were missing for Arsenal in this game. Leah Velti was missing, and that was a huge miss because she's probably been since Christmas probably Arsenal's best player. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think it was overall for Arsenal. I think over the two legs, they will be pretty disappointed. I think. Um, one thing on other thing on this game though, should Arsenal have had a penalty? The key to Paris. Um, I thought so. Actually, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. To I be really honest, thought so. I there, are, there are two penalties that should have been penalties in this round, blatantly. Yeah, we'll come to the next one. We'll come to it in a bit. Is but it then, the one? I'm th yeah, yeah. The Juve one. Yeah, that's reputa yeah. that's reputation. That's reputation. That's wow. marketing. That's marketing. Wow. I'm that, calling you it. Know what? That's, that's marketing. That's very smooth. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I'm not sure if it would have really, I mean, it was, it was what, in the 88th minute, 89th minute? I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the tie. But you never know. It might have made those last few minutes interesting. I think this is one of those that 
just because there's not a huge amount of contact, it doesn't mean it's not a foul. Almut Schult kind of comes flying out. Nikki Paris has to really hurdle. I saw some guilty expressions. Yeah, they were saying on the Zone commentary, though, they were like, you know, is he sprinked? And I was like, well, fucking, yeah, she's jumped. Because, like, she, yeah. has, she has dived. And not dived, but she's jumped. And it's like, well, If you see yeah, a combine harvester coming at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fucking jump. It's like <laughs> one of those things on, uh, what was that game show that they used to have on? on BBC and there was a load of people stood on these like podiums over water and there was one of those things that would just like swing round and you had to jump over it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what are you just going to do? Stand there and get, you know, anyway. There was, there were a couple of like Wolves players, not Schilt because Schilt was the picture of innocence, but a couple of players around like, oh, we got away with that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the yeah. check didn't really seem to last too long. I was a bit like, mm, mm, interesting. Mm, yeah, interesting. Mm. But anyway, uh, I think over the two legs, Wolfsburg, very worthy winners. Yeah, yeah. And they will face Barcelona. That is tasty. Oh my God. What, that is what, really tasty. What a tie. We uh, have to uh, try and go to that second leg, uh, yeah. the, the Wolfsburg leg. Yeah, we, we have to. We do. Let's go to the other. Yeah, let's do it. Leon overturning the first leg deficit to win 3-1 against Juve. Ada Hegerberg opening the scoring. And actually, do you know what? Juve were pretty good for that first 25 minutes. They were, they were very good. And, they were really very I mean, good. What happened? So the penalty shout was on Wendy Renard brought down. Is it Lena Hertig? I'm not sure it's Hertig. Um, well, I, I think it I was. Couldn't see, I think it was. I couldn't see because Renard climbed all over her shirt. Number. Exactly. <laughs> yes, this was this was so bad. So basically, I think it was Hertig <laughs> running through and basically gets a barge in the back from Wendy Renard. No, it was a piggyback. It was a no, piggyback. Th- it looks like she kind of just <laughs> yeah, pushes yeah, her like, so. yeah, with the yeah, shoulder, yeah. top of her arm thing in the back. Mm. It's a penalty. All day that's a penalty. But I didn't see a huge amount of protest <laughs> either. I mean... <laughs> was it just one of those kind of like, yeah, I knew what this was? I howled with laughter. I'm like, how is this not... <laughs> that, that is, you know, no, no, this is reputation. This is like, oh, like, you know... The smooth... Defending Ambas- of ambassador of the game. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! Surely, surely, when Renard would not do that. No, no, surely not. Surely not. It's like if it's like if you go past um, Listen, needs must. You know, That's what Wendy Renard's like. like you, you know, listen, I had to, I had to, I took that personally. <laughs> so I took it down. It's like when you're going past the gallery and you see like an elite painter like defacing their own art. You're like, no, no, no. Of course they wouldn't do that. You're like you, you, you double take. And it, it was. When you and I are very lucky to get away with that because that was a pivotal point. It was a massively pivotal point. Because if, if, if Juve go two, two goals ahead in that tie. That changes everything. Considering how they ended the tie, yeah, right, exactly. with that intensity. So that's, that changes everything. However. Now, of course, yeah. No, go on, sorry. Well, no, no, but Leon mm. took that and ran with it because yeah. the quality of their play after that, like that front three, honestly, it is just an absolute, Mallard, Hegerberg, Cascarino, and Macario behind, who was outstanding, maybe the game's outstanding player. Those four in particular were just, they were irresistible. They were so good. The passing, the passing combinations, you talk about intensity, like that is the other team. If, if you look at a front runner, I'm not, gonna, not saying they're going to win the Champions League, but if you want to talk about front runners to win the Champions League, it's Barcelona and then it's Lyon, just because the complexity of some of the passing movement, the speed. They had Amandine Henry on the bench. Had Gunnar's de Tier on the bench, Marazan on the bench. This is the energy. This is the level. This, this is this yeah, Leon team this is, is on smoke. Yeah. They're on smoke. They're angry. They've been disrespected. They look at a Champions League and they're sitting there watching Barcelona getting all this hype, all this love, and they 
hate it. I'll put money on them. They hate it. And they're all smart. They're all smiling in the approach match interviews. Oh yeah, we're so happy to be through. No, like there, there is a scowl. <laughs> There's a scowl because that was angry football from Leon. That was demonstration football. Do you think, what, do you think about, Leon are just, yeah. you know, when they rock up, if they, if they get through, let's say, let's say for, uh, for argument's sake, they progress through, because they're, they're playing PSG yeah. in, the semi, in the semi-final. Let's say they go- Their level is higher. Let's say yeah, they go through point. and they play Barcelona. Let's assume Barcelona get past Wolfsburg in the semi-final. Leon rock up to the final. You think like, as the team bus arrives, you just hear, <laughs> Leon coming, Leon coming. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's exactly what the energy is here. You think? Leon are coming like Omar for sure. Let, let, yeah, them, talk. Because, let them talk. Because there's been so much amazing, oh, ooh, amazing ooh, um, Barcelona, ooh, 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 oh, wow, oh my God, the best team ever seen. Oh, and Leon is like, what? We want all these straight and everyone's talking about Barcelona. They did one little raggedy Champions League and everyone's, everyone's <laughs> on their hind legs. <laughs> yeah, everyone's on their hind legs. Mm, Barcelona, mm, Barcelona. <laughs> Leon do not like that at all. They don't. No, you're right. They, they don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. That is going to be a tasty, if, if, if that does, if that does manifest because Wolfsburg are like extremely dangerous, obviously. Um, but like I say, Leon really, really showing that pedigree. They were some of the combination passing. If, if you didn't catch the game, like just watch that middle out, that middle hour from. So good. Well, from, from about 20 minutes in to about 10 from the end, that hour was just a demonstration. So good. At that point. And there were so many like amazing passes into the box that were just like a whisker away from being like oh, yeah. made contact with. But also like Katarina Macario's goal was so good. <laughs> so good. Cross oh. comes across on the turn, drags it back, finishes. It. it was so good. And it was such a Ice good goal. dancing. Ice. France has not seen feet that quick as Johan Gorkov. <laughs> like honestly, that, that, was, that was ice dancing. The move. And the, the, you know, the, the beauty of that turn, the turn was so good she could finish it with the instep. Yeah, yeah. Like normally the turn is so quick, you have to go the outside of the right foot because it's all one motion, but it created so much room. Yeah, she had time to set her feet. Oh my goodness. Good that is uh, spectacular. It is spectacular. Uh, Juve got one back towards the end to make it 4-3 on aggregate, but it was too late mm. and Leon go through. Can I say this as well, actually, about um, Wendy Renard? We've seen it. a couple of flashpoints, actually. If you look at the goal, it was her concession that allowed, the, the corner that allowed that. Mm. So she was out outmatched. I wonder if, you know, we saw it in the last, we saw it in the last uh, edition of the Champions League. We saw it, um, I think it was against uh, PSG when they got knocked out that she struggled there. Like, I wonder if the solution to beating Leon is, is courage, actually. Disrespect, going right at the guts of that Leon team because they like playing on the front foot when you really go at them and cut at them in wide areas or if you get those spaces between the fullbacks and centre backs, that's where you get some joy. Um and at PSG that they're a known quantity, that's an all French semi final. Um so they know they know each other's games well. But we said this before, the movement of PSG was the best thing about them in the last tie. Um it's a classic example of where a team's strengths matches up with a team's weaknesses. Mm. So I think that despite all the praise of Leon, that is a close semi to call, I think. I agree. It's a close one. I agree, man. I think the two semi finals are set up to be super super good it's so been a great tournament already and yeah, yeah. these two semi-finals are they're really good man I'm, I'm super excited 
Shout out to Dazone, i got to say. Like, I don't normally oh. shout out streaming services, but I love what they've done with this. Yeah, Just, I love what they've done You can watch multiple language highlights on YouTube. Yeah. So good. And you can watch the full game. One else about Dazone I love. Game. You can watch the whole game back. And it's got a little spoiler. It's got a spoiler thing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so funny. Uh, congrats to Barcelona, Wolfsburg. Yeah. Boel. And PSG. And PSG, yeah. Should we bounce? Yeah, let's bounce. Let's do it. Let's bounce. A bonus pod on a Friday. Friday, exactly. Friday night vibes with Sadio. Listen, the feed runneth over. Oh dear. <laughs> um, we hope everyone stays safe, staying well. Obviously, there's a lot going on at the moment. And um, yeah, we hope everyone's hanging in there. Don't forget to check theringer.com. If you listen to us on the podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. Please, please do. Uh, we're going to play out on a little wild one from Alshus called The Heights, out on the brilliant new Mal recordings. Anything you want to add, Musa Kwanga? Nothing further. All good. Lovely. Much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. Yep, absolutely. And we will be back on Monday. See you then.